And I'm going to hand the mic over to her right now. Thank you, Sarah. You are a legend, and we are looking forward to hearing your word this morning, aren't we, church? Yes. Awesome. Good morning, Peak. Happy New Year, and welcome to 2023, and to a new year at Peak, and being a part of the Peak family. How awesome is that? So I just want to start the morning off. Let's just pray. Father, I thank you that you want to do something here today. I thank you that you are preparing hearts for a new year, Lord God, and for new things. Father, I pray that you would open every ear and eye to see what you need them to see. And God, I pray that you would move in power today by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So... <laughs> um, did anyone else feel like 2021 and 2022 were kind of just continuations of 2020? It felt like with the lockdowns and the constant COVID stats and all this, it was all just the same old different day, you know what I mean? Different, same stuff, different year. But I feel like coming into 2023, that truly, I perceive it in my spirit, and I think many of you do too, that, this, that something new is taking place, that this is a new season, and we're entering into something new. Yes, good. You know, it's not just that we've had a holiday and that we've counted down and things like that. I truly believe that spiritually something new is taking place. And I believe that God has new things for us that he's got new mantles for us to take up, but we've got to take off the old. There's new, new wine that our old wineskins cannot hold. What God showed me was a lizard, kind of random, but I was praying about it. I actually, I tried to write a different sermon. I had this epic sermon. I was like, that's going to be so cool. I worked so hard all day on it and nothing came of it, and then, I, then on the way home, like, I live 20 minutes away, and I, after battling the whole day of that other sermon, I drove home, and in 20 minutes I had this sermon, so I truly believe that this is a word for the house, albeit a little bit challenging at times, right? Okay, so God showed me a lizard, and he showed me a lizard shedding its skin, and he said, peak is in a time when now we need to shed our skin. Why do lizards shed their skins? For growth. God has things, there's been prophetic words over this house that he's going to take us to new levels and show us new things. So of course we cannot expect to stay the same and see these new things. If God's taking us to new levels, we cannot take the old baggage into the, into the new levels, right? The previous years, there has been some stuff, it's been heavy. God is wanting us to shed this so that we can step into the new un tarnished and not held back, okay? We cannot hold on to the skin that carried us through the seasons before and expect to grow. Do you know what happens when a lizard doesn't effectively shed? Circulation is cut off to those appendages and they fall off. And we are the body of Christ and we need to shed because I don't, God doesn't want any of us falling off, okay? So Isaiah 43:19 says this is we've been talking about this a lot but I truly believe this is for this season it's time to remember not the former things nor consider the things of old behold I'm doing a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it I'll make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert 
this is talking about the things of God. So now we, we need to prepare for this, right? We need, to, we need to shed. And I think beginning, getting time with God, getting alone with God and asking him, what things do I need to shed is a great place to start. And he'll show us all different things. But I really believe that this word for the house this morning is something that, that, is, that is important. Um, this, sorry, I didn't actually give this scripture. This just sort of came to me in worship. But I think in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, God says, before you bring your gift to the altar, if you have anything with your brother that is unresolved, I actually can't remember the verse off by heart, but just know it's something like this. <laughs> Go and deal with it before you bring, and then come and bring your gift. I think we're all, we're all receiving gifts. We've, I think the gifts of the heavenly realm are freely available to all of us, but before we can come and move powerfully in them, we need to check up on our heart health and make sure there is nothing outstanding that is holding us back. So the thing that I'm actually going to talk about today, and it's one, it's good to talk, for me to talk about with you, because it's something that we all deal with in our life, and it's one that's not so easy at times to recognize in ourselves, but the thing is forgiveness. So this is a foundational biblical key, okay? 2023, I'm telling you, you want to see things like we've never seen them before? We need to stop looking inward and back there and at them and ruminating because we need to have our eyes up and ready to see what the, what the Lord is doing, okay? It's really clear in the Bible. Matthew 6, 14 says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's hardcore, man. <laughs> Freaks me out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, better make sure all my balances are checked. Do you know what I mean? Like, intense. There's also the parable of the unmerciful servant in Matthew 18, 21 to 35. And basically, there's a, a king or a guy, and this guy owes him lots of money, and he's brought before him. And he says, oh, please give me time. I, I promise I'll pay it all back. And the guy, the, the guy that's owed, he forgives all the debt. The guy that was owing, he goes out then and he finds someone who owes him much less than he originally owed and he throws him in jail until he can pay back every last cent. And then God says, uh, well, Jesus in this sense says, the master called the servant in and said, you wicked servant, I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your felon servant just as I had mercy on you? We're skipping. And then it says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It sounds scary. I'm not here to freak you out or condemn you today, but because this is important and it brings a release. Forgiveness can be a challenging principle, but man, does it bring freedom. And every time that I've seen things restored to me that have been taken in my life, any time that I've seen God bring great peace to me, forgiveness has proceeded, and it, honestly, it's usually been a battle to get there. So we're going to look at today what forgiveness is not, because it can get confusing, and sometimes you think, but that person, you know, we're going to look at what it's not. And we're going to look at what forgiveness is. We're going to talk about what unforgiveness might look like in your life. Today I would just love if we could just do a little heart checkup together 
go, so that we can go into the new year and leave all the baggage of the past behind and walk in fresh, not holding back and not holding out on any one of our brothers or sisters. I want to share a little bit about my story because I would never come up here and talk to you about things that I haven't walked through and struggled with and overcome. And I want to talk about actually achieving forgiveness. How do we achieve it? Because there's no good in me talking about it if I don't actually help you through it, right? So firstly, what forgiveness is not. It's not easy. I don't think it's really actually achievable without the Holy Spirit, personally. I mean, people do, do, but my experience. Forgiveness is not denying our hurt. It's not denying your feelings. It is not saying that the offender was not wrong or holds no guilt or is not accountable. It is not necessarily the same as reconciliation. Forgiveness is not about the other person's guilt, but about the resentment that I hold. So I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness is not about the other person's guilt, but about my resentment. In this world, we cannot control other people's actions. People are going to hurt you, okay? How we respond is our choice. Do not let other people's downfallings turn your heart cold because when you know Jesus and you know this principle and you know what Jesus has done for you, there's literally no excuse to let that resentment poison you. Forgiveness is about letting go of the need to be paid back for the sins against you and handing it over to God. Unforgiveness is striving to hold someone to account mostly without their awareness. Forgiveness is trusting that God will hold all to account fairly. It's like a control thing. It's like a letting go, and it can be difficult. I get that. What it doesn't mean is that we just forget all grievances, swish them under the rug, move on, don't deal with them, because actually holding people to account and being held to account is an important thing for growth. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you have an issue and you go and talk to the person. You've got it out there. It's time to let it go. And if you're still running round and round in your head, like, and when I'm saying this, by, by the way, I've done this, so don't feel like I'm like, oh, I'm so good, you guys need to stop this. No, I've done this. If, you have, if you're still running round and round in your head about what was going on, even though you've talked about it, it's your issue, not theirs. Okay? Regardless of their reaction, it is about your resentment, just a reminder. What if this person is abusive or, and you can't be in a relationship? You can still achieve forgiveness where you can bless and hope for the best for them and include them in your prayers with blessing. You can have space and boundaries without running around and tearing them down and making sure everyone knows your side because that's unforgiveness. Okay? You can hand it over to God and sometimes it's just about hoping that God would meet them and touch them and open their eyes to what's gone on. So what does unforgiveness look like? Do you have strong emotional reactions when you see that person? Do you rehearse speeches in your head of what you would say to them if you were given the chance and the ways you would just prove to them how much they suck? (laughs) 
Do you, in a marriage, do you use it as ammunition every time you fight? <laughs> yeah, do you? Because I, I don't know about that. <laughs> no one here, of course. If this is the case, you're actually held in bondage to that person through unforgiveness, and I know it's a miserable place to be. Here's another one. Are you unable to be happy when something good happens for that person? Here's another one. Are you able to bless that person? Luke 6.27 says, and I've got the amplified up there because I feel like it um, highlights some like, extra meaning, but let me just read it to you basic. I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless and show kindness to those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Does that blessing just get stuck in your throat? Like you go, bless Paya. <laughs> if you do struggle, you could be suffering from unforgiveness. Do you struggle with anger, rage, bitterness, hypersensitivity, sickness? Could be some unforgiveness there. Unforgiveness often comes with a predilection to curse the person. And when I say curse, I mean talk negatively about them. It can result in difficulties with your, in your relationship with God. And you may find it harder to come into God's presence. The lack of grace, characteristic of unforgiveness, can cause a bitter root to spring up. Hebrews 12.15 says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defy many. And how common. I think I have seen this at work and I have actually participated in this, had a bitter root. I think we've all probably seen it at work where you get a little bit bitter about a situation and you go and you talk it out with this person and that person and this person and this is how the defilement works and next minute you're actually poisoning your friends against the situation when they actually have no cause for offence in it and suddenly trouble is caused. You've defiled many. It's an ugly little thing, hey? So Unforgiveness can also bring spiritual torment as if all this wasn't torment enough. So as you can see, it is important that we deal with these things quickly, keep a short account, watch our heart health, and keep things tight between us, God, and others. And doing so will bring you greater peace. And I cannot stress this enough. This isn't to check some religious box. The things of God and the principles of God will usually bring us greater peace and will make our life in the long run better. And this is what I would love for everybody today, okay? So, like I said, so I'll share my story, a little bit of my story, right? Can, so forgiveness can be tricky. Sometimes it can happen all at once. You can speak it out and, and forgive, and it just happens, and it falls away, and the resentment and the anger is gone. And other times it can come in layers, and it can take a long time to achieve, so both of my parents are slash were drug addicts. My mum's here today. Shout out to her. I love my parents, and they are wonderful, strong people who I admire greatly. But navigating my relationship with them has been a ride. So 
my mum has given me permission to share about this. And man, if you want an incredible testimony from God, this woman, she knows God's grace and goodness and she carries it. She's been from a heroin addict from when I was born through to 20 solid years of meth use to being free and have a close relationship with God. She is, she's incredible. But drugs come with consequences. So I was uplifted from my mama when I was two, and again just before I turned five. And this was extremely distressing for her to have a child taken off her, and my grandparents ended up fighting for me in court, and she lost custody of me, and then she sort of spiralled into heavy and constant drug use. And battling with this, she sort of came in and out of my life, and I think once the meth use took off, our relationship kind of fell off and we didn't have a lot of contact. And this was around when I was a teenager and I was really, I was confused and I was angry and I was hurting. I was angry all the time, just inside. And I was beginning to try and make sense of my childhood and I'd just started high school and suddenly everyone was asking me questions about my parents and I was navigating that and there was, there was anger that just made no sense. Suddenly, I was acutely aware of the ache that my parents had left. Anyway, I was at what was then Bay City. I just started going to church. And Pastor Mike was talking about forgiveness and honouring your parents and stuff. And the Holy Spirit was like, you need to forgive your mum. And despite everything, all the pain and everything, I was like, I do, I need to forgive my mum. And so do you know what I did? I spoke it out. And the minute I spoke it out and repented of my unforgiveness, I felt all that pain and resentment just lift off me immediately. It was gone. And I felt that freedom so acutely. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to ring her and you need to tell her that you've forgiven her. <laughs> I was so scared because she hadn't asked for forgiveness. So like, what if she's like, well, what have you got to forgive? Like, what are you saying? Like, I don't know, I was nervous. And I don't think we, should, we all need to do this. This was a prompting from the Holy Spirit. But I rung her. And I, at the time, I had no idea how much of an impact that phone call would make. So mum, this is a direct quote from her, where she was in her hole, didn't think that forgiveness was possible or a possibility for her or that there was hope. She thought that she deserved the hole she was living in and had thought that the hole was home and that she was beyond forgiveness. But suddenly her daughter rings and there's forgiveness and there's hope. And she would say that that was sort of the beginning of things, even though it was some time later that things actually started to change. <clears throat> and it also changed, this is a big one, it changed the way that I prayed for her. And every day from that call I got up and I prayed for her and I blessed her. And God answered my prayers. And my Satan-worshipping <laughs> meth addict mother, the last person you ever thought that could be saved, gave her life to God, got clean, moved her life to be close to me and to build a relationship with me and my girls. And I'm so grateful because she is my best friend. And my girls adore her. They idolise her, man. They love her so much. And sometimes it happens like that. And sometimes it doesn't. 
I'm not always that good. <laughs> Let me tell you about my dad. No, I can't tell too much because <laughs> I didn't ask him for permission to share this, but um, uh, cutting out a lot of detail, basically, suddenly, out of the blue, one Christmas, what we'd previously been really close, without conflict, he just cut me off and told me he didn't want anything to do with me anymore. I was 16, I just had the hardest year of my life and had really been struggling with my mental health. Man, I was left absolutely reeling. I was devastated, I was angry, and I resented him so deeply. Like, how could you do this to me? You're supposed to be there for me. You're supposed to be my dad. You're supposed to love me unconditionally. And that resentment, man, that turned me toxic. It turned my heart toxic. Honestly, that year, my last year at high school, probably wasn't the nicest person. And it was all because I'd let that resentment just turn my heart cold. But I knew, I knew I had to forgive him. And it's hard to imagine now, because I have. <laughs> but and the, it was literally like, I couldn't even say I forgive my father. I literally had to start with, God, help me to want to forgive my father. And I just kept praying that prayer when I felt angry. God, help me to actually want to, because I don't. <laughs> And eventually it became through gritted teeth, God, I forgive my father, but my heart didn't believe it. That went on for years. Finally, my heart caught up. It took six years. And in that time, I had no communication with him. And honestly, that was a good thing. Because when, he caught, when I got in touch with him, so basically I didn't even try to get in touch with him. Seven years later, I, well, after the original situation, I called my nanny's phone and my dad answered. And I was so ready to start to rebuild our relationship and to be in relationship with him with nothing hanging over it, no resentment. And today I have a great relationship with him. Well, it's, it's growing. And <laughs> um, I get to know my sister. And, the, and by the grace of God, I don't feel any resentment to him and I don't hold anything against him. So these are just, but yes, yeah, seven years, just so you know. Like, if you're thinking, man, it's hard, buckle up. No. <laughs> these are just a couple of big examples of how forgiveness has changed my life. So how do we achieve it? We can see that it's important. We get that it's a Christian principle. We understand that to be forgiven by God, we need to forgive. If we want to present our gifts before God and come and worship before him, we need to make sure our heart with our brother and sisters is in a good place. But how? Personally, I think you need the Holy Spirit. First things first. Here's the keys. You need to recognize what things you need to forgive. You can't achieve full forgiveness if you won't admit that things hurt you or that you're holding on to unforgiveness. So to forgive it in full, you've got to recognize it in full. So we recognize the things that we need to forgive. We recognize unforgiveness in our lives. And we identify these issues, not so that we can dwell on them, but so that we can address them and heal from them and release, be released from them. Once we've identified it, we need to speak it out. Speak it before God. And wherever you're at in that, start, God, help me to want to. Or say it even though your heart doesn't believe it yet, your heart will catch up. And I believe if you're willing to speak it out and you're willing to engage with this, the release will come. I know it. Repent of your unforgiveness. 
because it is a sin. Repent of your unforgiveness. And then bless them. That can be the hardest one. But this, when it says that you need to forgive your brother and sister from your heart, I believe this is a good sign that that, that has been achieved when you can genuinely bless them. Talking about the bitter roots again, remember we talked about that? Pray that God, identify it and pray that God would pull that thing out by the roots. I've got a, I, I'm super aware of them now and I've got a little thing that I do when I start to realise that I'm sort of overthinking a situation and stuff like that. Before I open my mouth to anybody, I pray that God would pull out that bitter root. And when you do that, you're venting, because it is good to talk about situations, but when you do that, your venting sounds totally different. Pull it out before you open your mouth. Finally, oh yep, the blessing part is important. Now, some of us might be like, I don't really know if I have anyone to forgive. Well, I think some of us need to forgive the government and leaders for this last season. Okay? Some of us need to forgive the way people close to us or the way people in our community responded to the whole COVID thing if it was different to us. Some of us might need to just forgive friends or family, maybe your mum and dad, brothers, sisters, friends, ex-friends, your boss. Some of us might need to forgive ourselves. Some of us might need to forgive the church for abuse or even just for not being perfect. And that's, I've been in that situation. I know it's tricky and I don't say this to manipulate you so that you'll just sell your souls to Peak Vision Church. I don't care where you go, what church you, don't, you go to or don't go to. The release, the forgiveness is important. So, I would love it if now, can we have the piano? Thanks, George. If we could all, I pray that the, firstly that the Holy Spirit would help you to see if there's any unforgiveness in your life that you need to let go of, if there's any baggage that needs to go before we go into this new level, if there's any skin that needs to shed, I pray that the Holy Spirit will show you right now so that you don't have to walk around this mountain 20 more times, but you can step into the new things for this year without anything holding you back. I pray that God would show you. And if something is on your heart, I'm going to lead you through a little prayer. I'm going to say, I forgive. I'm going to leave space. And then in that space, say the person's name whatever, that you need to forgive, whether it's Jacinda <laughs> or um, your uncle. You say the name, and then I'll say four. You, you identify the situation in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. I'm not trying to shame you. Then I'm gonna, you're going to repeat after me, Lord, I'm sorry for holding unforgiveness towards this person. And finally, I bless if you can say it, say it. If you need to pray that God would help you, pray that God would help you. But I'd love it if you could all join me right now. Okay, we're going to close our eyes. Everybody close your eyes.
So repeat after me. Father, I forgive. Say the name. For. Say the thing. Lord, I am sorry for holding unforgiveness towards this person. I bless this person. Now, in the blessing, it can be hard, but you don't understand how much that in turn can bless you and the way situations can change and lives can change. And I just, I want to, I would like everybody just to stand up right now. Forgiveness is about ending that self-righteous one-upmanship with the other person. It's putting an end to that. Recognizing that you too have fallen short. And God's grace is enough for you, so of course God's grace is enough for them. And I, I thank you guys all for joining in with us with me today being open and I just pray that God would continue to do this work in your hearts and that the release that has taken place in this house will set us up for for the moves that God has planned for us that nothing will hold us back from engaging with what he's doing now we're gonna the band are gonna come up now They're going to sing a song. And I just want to open the front. What you prayed out there just today with me could have been enough for you, and that is amazing. For some of you, you may need to get up every day and continue to speak it out until it actually takes place and is achieved in fullness in your life. And when it is, man, your heart's going to feel good. It's going to be far less heavy. But for some of you, it might be a harder thing to let go of. And then I just want you to know that the space up the front... It's open and there's going to be some prayer team up here to help you go through these things, help you pray with you. Maybe you need to speak it out, repent for your, un- your unforgiveness before another. There's power in that. So I'm just going to pray for you all today. Father, I just thank you so much for what's taken place today. I thank you for what you've begun in people's hearts. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to continue to do in this house. Father, I pray that we will be a people that are marked by grace in a world that is crazy. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Continue this work today. In Jesus' name. Amen.